is a Boardwalk Audio podcast. Hey guys, this is Tweety. You can follow Fish Out of Water podcast on Twitter at FooPod, F-O-O-W-P-O-D, or on Facebook at facebook.com backslash fish out of water podcast. Thanks guys. Enjoy the episode. Uh, uh, uh. Check it, you are now tuned in to Fish at the Water Where comedians learn from forerunners and give honor Tweety and Jeremiah mix it up like honor bombers Making sure everybody leaves educated like scholars This is Fish at Water This is Fish at Water Hey everybody, I'm Ryan Tweety and I, <laughs> Jeremiah Burton God, we can never do it <sighs> Just keep it going Okay, uh, I'm Ryan Tweedy. And I'm Jeremiah Burr. And this is Fish Out of Water, the yeah. Comrading Podcast. And today, we have a very special guest. She's from the returning champion Black Belt Mod Team, Karate Karate. Kabooya Shah. <laughs> yeah, Kabooya Shah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Carrie O'Neill. Yeah. Hey. How are you doing? I am feeling good. How are you? Thank good. you guys so much for having me. Yeah, thanks Thank for coming for on. on. It's gonna be so much fun. We're gonna pick your brain. We're gonna we're gonna try to steal as many ideas from <laughs> yeah. that wonderful writing brain that you have and show them to the world. Um, we were talking we were talking before we started recording about and I and I don't know if this is where we should start, but I'm gonna start here anyways about a sketch you wrote. Uh, for Karate Karate, which I found out today was actually the first sketch you wrote for Mod Night. Yeah. Um, I you... saw that. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. It's probably one of my, it is probably my favorite sketch I've seen at Mod. Thank you. So can you talk about it a little bit? Oh, yeah. Sort of where the ideas came from it and explain what it is so they're not all confused. Oh, uh, yeah. It's a sketch about a football coach who found an evil amulet. <laughs> and so he's like just possessed. He, he's trying to like harness the power of the amulet so that the football team can win mm-hmm. um and it was the first thing i wrote for mod and i wrote it i rewrote it eight fucking times <laughs> i wrote this sketch like with a cast i wrote it as a monologue i wrote it with the cast again i was so nervous to even be on mod and i got put on this team at where at the time i was the only new writer everybody else had already been on mod uh everybody besides me and waisaki were already on mod so we were the only two new people and i was the only new writer and so I was like, I don't know if this is normal. Should I be rewriting my sketches this much? Like, what's going on? Should I give up on this? I'm the only one with a monologue. I was so anxious about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then once we got to rehearsals and I gave it to Natalie, it was like, oh, no, this is funny. Like, <laughs> yeah. this is only half of Maud is writing it on a piece of paper. And then other people are going to make it even funnier. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you have great personnel at your disposal as a writer. It's so cool. Yeah. Like doing the classes at UCB and writing sketches, just premise-based sketches are, uh, it's so different than writing for Maud where like, I know who I'm writing for and I know what they can do. Mm -hmm. It's very, very fun to Mm. have those people. I feel like it opened up a new way to even generate ideas. Do you find it easier that now that you, well, now it's your second year on the team, like, each character or each cast member has a unique voice that you know as a writer you'd be like oh i can plug this person in here and do you use that a lot or do you kind of uh just uh test them as an actor as well if you're like pushing the limit when it comes to like a character for example um i definitely in my mind while i'm writing a sketch or like even when i'm pitching it or thinking of the idea i'm like oh this is for dova or like this is for waisaki um 
but I forget what the question was. Well, just like, I, like, is it, I, I guess, is it like a tool that you go to a lot? Is it, does it, just, does it make your life easier knowing like, okay, I know that this person can do this. Like, so I'll plug them in. Or do you write a sketch and you're just like, I don't know how this is going to turn out or how they're going to take it as a writer. Do you like think about that when you're writing sketches? I definitely think about um, who is going to play like the main parts or like the funny parts in my sketches. And I think it informs the way I write them because I'm like, oh, it'd be so funny like for Alana to say this thing because mm-hmm. it's a I know it's going to be Alana. It's not I'm not writing this in a vacuum. Alana's going to say this and I want her to say this. And sometimes I do like I I will another good thing i'm not like married to writing like that for a person unless i'm writing their pitch if they pitched a character right but another thing i noticed is like i i'll write stuff i'll write a sketch and be like this is how i would read it and then as soon as we get in a room someone reads it a different way and like 99 percent of the time it's so much funnier than the way i pictured it <laughs> yeah. but i have noticed like the one percent of the time that i don't think it's funnier like i'll be like hey no can you read it this way right um and i'm always wrong that's that's a good point we haven't really talked about that much is like the casting the other 50 percent part of writing well, is... I, I think it's different yeah because so we're on sketch teams at io and on sketch teams at io you have writers performers and then writer performers and both of us are writer performers so oftentimes i'm writing for myself so it's like I think it'd be fun. I, I would like to play this character. I'm trying now after doing this and talking to people for mod. I'm trying to actually reach out to the other performers and write specifically for them. This month is the first month I've been doing it, and oh, it's working. Cool. It's working really well. I think we'll find out. I guess I haven't done the show yet, but it's different mm-hmm. than having because if you write for yourself, would do you feel you'd write differently than if you're writing for um, Natalie? A hundred percent. Number one, I have no interest in being a performer. Uh, I do love like doing improv. It's like fun, but uh, I'm going to get in trouble for when I like audition for Harold. Like you said, you don't want to be a performer, but I think it's fun and it's like a cool tool I have in my tool belt. But definitely most of the sketches I wrote for Maude, I would not have written for myself because... I'm, um... <laughs> we have, like, I don't know, somebody... It looks like they're gone. ...falling into the door? <laughs> All right. Uh, we are in a very cool lounge. Yeah, day two. It's a conference room. Thank oh. you very it's much. It's called the Business Center at Maplewood. Oh, the Business Center. Now everyone knows where it is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Um, it's very cute. I like it. Yeah. Um... um Oh yeah, like I wrote a song and dance number for one of the ske- for a sketch a couple months ago for a show. I probably wouldn't write a song and dance number for myself to perform because I'm not Alana or Natalie. Right. Uh, so I think it has it opens up more for me that I'm not writing for myself because I think I'm I, I'm like a little nervous to perform things. I probably wouldn't. I noticed just watching the actors on my team perform things like I would never. I don't know. I don't have like the self. I feel like I'm pretty confident, but I don't have like the performing self-confidence right. to like take stuff to the very next level the way that the mod actors do. Mm-hmm. But I think it's good that they're separate. And we've talked about this before mm-hmm. slightly. It's like, I think as a writer that we have one writer on Dad Jeans that that's all he does is write. He has no interest in being it. And he, 
um, he constantly produces super funny sketches because he's not, he knows everybody's voice and he kind of like can, can mold a sketch to, um, make it funny without him having to be in it. Well, like when we write, it's, it's been selfish in nature. Cause it's just like, well, if I write a sketch, I'm going to put myself in it. Then I'll know I'll have some stage time, Yeah, which is totally different way of attacking, like writing sketch, I think. Yeah, for sure. It, it, I feel like it would really limit my options of like when I sit down to write a sketch for anybody else. It's like it could be anything. But for me, it'd be like, nah, I, I don't want to do this or this mm-hmm. would be like a funny beat in the sketch, but I don't want to do it. Yeah, I feel like that would be my would, would trip me up if I was writing specifically for myself. Right. Oh, like, for example, like there's a place you want to go in the sketch that you don't that as a performer, you wouldn't. I I probably wouldn't, I've like maybe like moves that I wouldn't pull off. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. That makes sense. That's a really good point. Yeah. Actually. I mean, if you're shameless, (laughs) (laughs) you'll do anything for a laugh. Um, yeah, you don't worry about that, I guess. But I know like Jeremiah put his dick in a pumpkin. Oh my God. Thank you. (laughs) Yes. Yes, (laughs) But it was, it was, uh, I can't even remember now what it was for. You guys know you could fake that, right? You could just hold the pumpkin in front of. Oh, he got butt naked. Hey, Carrie. Put his dick and balls in a pumpkin (laughs) and walked out on stage. It was all for, it was all for fun. (laughs) Well, it was all, if it was all for fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I would like to say that I didn't write that sketch, but I, <laughs> but I did. Yeah, I probably wouldn't write a sketch where I had to be butt naked with my dick and balls in a pumpkin. But, yeah, I get a yeah. I get a call one week because I used to be on that team and then I had to leave because I got the internship at UCB, so oh, I yeah. was doing that. And um, and I get a call one week and they're like, "Hey, man, one of our guys is out for this show and we need to fill in. Will you do a couple scenes?" I'm like, "Sure." So I get there. And they have me in a bathrobe, <laughs> standing in the office of I.O. As they're following, like, around on Skype, on their phone, projecting it onto the main stage screen. They come up in the office. I've got my dick tucked <laughs> between my legs with, like, putting lipstick on in a mirror. Oh, my gosh. He was, he was uh, what's the guy? Bill. Um, oh, Buffalo Bill. Buffalo Bill from, oh. yeah. He was yeah. playing Buffalo a character. Lips. Yeah. 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 Character guy. There yep. you go. <laughs> there he goes. Yep. And and the great thing was is the Skype feed cut out, so he went and did that for nothing. Oh what? Is, I didn't even, <laughs> is that true? No, it's not. Oh, okay, but I was like, so man, I your face. Yeah, I'd be like, oh, how disappointed you just were. They weren't filming anything. No, anyway. Oh, uh, if I did that, would be so <laughs> fucked up. Oh, and there's a really the there's a there's a guy named well James Matt. You know James Mastriani. Oh, there's a guy named James Mastriani. Yeah, yeah he was like. In the bathroom in the office, and I didn't know it. So as they're coming up the stairs, I hear the toilet flush. And the door start to wiggle, and I'm standing there with my dick between my legs. Oh, and I'm like, James, do not come out. Do not come out. Did he stay put? Yeah, he stayed put. Yeah. Uh, imagine if you didn't say anything. <laughs> I could see James' face being like, Hey, Ryan. And then yeah, he wouldn't walk. care. <laughs> yeah, then just walking. And then just walk down the stairs. <laughs> Another day. Yeah. Yep. All right. Um, so you came from, we were talking a little bit before, you came from New York. Yes. Did you do UCB in New York? Or did you? No, I went to some shows, but mm-hmm. uh, I actually moved out here twice. Oh, cool. So I moved out here in January of 2010, and I did take a UCB class. Then I took Sketch 101 with Nick Weiger, mm, cool. who oh, I cool. think is one of like the funniest people. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then I just kind of had been here for a year and a half and I didn't find like a group of people. Like I had friends, but they weren't like friends, friends. I was like hanging out at like the rooftop at Drace and like the Roosevelt. Like, ah, yes. Mm. Hollywood friends. Right. Yeah. I think everyone has that the first year. The first year. First year I had those people too. Really? Yes. They're fine. They're fine. They're fine. But you're not connecting on any level with them. No, no, And no. it feels like a vacation. <laughs> like the first yes. year when you move to Hollywood, it just sort of feels like a vacation that never ends. Yeah. It, it was, it was weird. And when I moved here, I was 20. I had like right before I was turning 21, I was so young. Like I was such a different person mm-hmm. and I was like, Oh, maybe this is what it is or something. I don't know. And then I broke up with my boyfriend who I moved out here with. And I was like, man, I'm working at, I was working at big wings on Coanga. Oh yes. I'm like, man, I'm working at a chicken wing restaurant <laughs> where I have to wear short shorts. <laughs> yeah. And that's about all I'm doing right now. Like I'm probably, I'm going to go home. Like I had yeah. no idea what I wanted to do. I took that class with Nick and I, uh, thought about maybe trying to learn how to do movie makeup, like prosthetics. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, the possibilities are endless. I'm in LA. And then I was like, no, I'm working at a wing place. So mm-hmm. I moved home. And when I was home, I was like really trying to think like, all right, well, I just moved across the country and then back. What do I want to do? Mm-hmm. And growing up, I was always like really big into creative writing and writing and like my whole thing. Like I wanted to be a writer, but then I just kind of like didn't do it for a while. And then I was like, oh, I really like TV shows and I like writing. Like I could, maybe I could do that. Like Mm. I have, I could do that. And so I started like thinking about reading, you know, reading those dumb books that your family gets you when they find out you're a comedian, like Mm -hmm. advice for comedy writers Mm -hmm. and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So I started like reading books like that and I was like, oh, yeah, I think I could do this, and I definitely have to go back to L.A. to do this. So I was home for 11 months, not even a whole year, and then I moved back. Yeah. Yeah? Is that what you you want to be, a TV writer? Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm, like, focused on right now. Cool. How, um, I was thinking about this today. I watch a lot of cartoons, and I was watching American Dad, and you can kind of see, or in Family Guy, they're 22 minutes. So in my brain, I was like, 22 minutes, that's what four sketches like in terms of like page length have have you written specs for like 30 minute shows or half hour shows or done your own original i wrote um an office spec when i was home that year in 2011 uh but that's the only spec i wrote and i wrote a couple of original so so how hard is it because in my brain i'm like oh four sketches i write tons and tons of sketches it can't be that much harder to write a 20 page sketch for instance because that's it's not what it is. It's not a twenty-page sketch. It's a it's a, a formula to it or a paradigm, I guess. Do you when you were writing those? Did you find it more or less difficult than to write a a, a sketch for a um, mod, for example? To me, it's so funny because like you know how you're feeling on any specific day, like uh, come foot closer. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, how, I don't know. Sometimes like. I think about writing a sketch and I'm like, oh my God, it's literally the last thing I want to do. I don't want to write. I don't want to do anything. I have no ideas. I don't want to do this. Uh, And that is really not the way that I view a sketch in real life. Like a sketch is like just a fun, like, oh, here's three pages that it it should be something that like a first draft of a sketch, what I'm trying to learn with Maude is like, it doesn't have to be perfect. Just do a vomit draft and then bring it because you're going to have meetings and everyone's going to make it better. Right. Um, with a TV show, writing a pilot, I think I, 
it is harder than writing a sketch, but I like the storytelling aspect of it. Like a sketch is not a story. A sketch is right. like this weird thing that it's this weird idea happening. Yeah, right. yeah. That doesn't really have a begin. It's almost like here's the beginning and here's the end, and then here's the sketch you bring in. Yeah. yeah. It was hard for me to turn off TV writing brain and turn on sketch writing brain when oh, I started wow. to really try to write sketches because I think the reason why I want to write or why I'm drawn to writing is uh, to capture like human experience and to storytell. Yeah. Because, um, you know, like some shows I watch or whatever like really touch me or move me or, you know, something mm-hmm. that speaks to you. Right. Um, and so to me, like, I fr- I'm so lost. I don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> to me, like, uh, the part of the TV show that is the hardest is like beating it out and outlining it, right. which takes about the same amount of time as writing a sketch, probably like a couple of hours if you've really been thinking about it and, and to really sit down and just put everything down. Mm-hmm. And then it's just fun to write the 22 pages because you already have a whole plan. Right. Whereas when I'm writing a sketch, I never do a beat sheet or like write down what beats of the sketch could be. I just start and I'm like, oh, it's just three pages. Right. So I think it's a lot more work to write a TV show, but it's it's all at the front. And then it's like, oh, I just have to write. Gotcha. And you can write and it can be like 33 pages and you go in and you tighten it. Yeah. And then you go back and make sure every page has like, three jokes at least right do you do i don't beat out sketches either i know people do i don't uh i don't beat out sketches what i do sometimes and that's only if i have an idea that like i pitched an idea last night that was um npr wa some it's kind of a dumb idea but it's like what if the people from NPR were also NWA? It's not really that great. Oh, and see. so then I had to take, I made lists of specifics for NPR and right. specifics from NWA so that I could find the crossover where I could make that sketch work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think I did that. I, I don't normally do that, but for a sketch like that, I would like for the football coach sketch that I wrote, I did make a list of like, Things a football coach would say in the rousing mm-hmm. halftime speech. Right. And then a list of like evil things like bugs crawling out of mouths or, you know what I mean? I did right. do that, but I don't often do that. Mm. Oftentimes I'm like, oh, I think this one dumb thing is funny. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, sometimes at a loss for trying to come up with, but I think like it makes the sketches way less mathematical that I don't beat it out when right. I'm like trying to come up with like another weird thing that goes along with that game. Mm-hmm. Because I'm noticing that the things that I, I really question myself when I write a sketch now, of what do I think is funny about this? Mm-hmm. Which I don't think I always did. And oftentimes the idea that I have for the sketch, I'll write a page of it and I'll be like, oh, this is not what I think is funny about this idea. Like this is a different sketch. Mm-hmm. And it becomes, I either write this that I already started or I scrap it and I start writing something, what what I really think is funny. Yeah, sometimes I, I've noticed that I find, and actually you were talking about Amos earlier, Amos is something that's, because I've had him as a teacher, he's been on here, and he would always point out, like, you write a sketch that's actually got three sketches. You have three funny sketches that aren't funny when you combine them, but if you separated them into three sketches, you're actually burning ideas. Yeah. Right. That's what I typically do now. We're talking about like a beat sheet for a sketch. I do it after because I'll put everything on the page, just kind of like vomit out whatever I want. And then I read it. I'm like, all right, how can I get this back on track? And then I, I will be, you know, write the beats down and go from there. 
but I'd never do that ahead of time. And like yours, yeah, like I think, but I'm, I'm, I, as I've started to do this more, we've talked about it more. I like kind of for first drafts, put everything in there because mm -hmm. then like, you know, you're going to bring it to a table with funny people and they're going to tell you what you already know, but you kind of want to see like, what do they think is the funniest or what does a room find the funniest that then you can go and pluck from? So do you ever, when you write your first drafts, do you ever like, um, how much do you go through them before you pitch them? Do you just like, do you put a lot of information in there or do you try to keep it as tight as possible to your idea? Or do you test a lot of jokes and stuff? Um, karate, karate, uh, our director of Mark Rennie, who you should have on the show. He's oh, like I would, the funniest yeah, I would love to. person ever. Um, he really has whipped us all into shape of like, uh, economy of words, like nothing, like don't even, I wouldn't dare bring a five page sketch into anything. Like it's <laughs> gotta be four or under. And I really kind of want it to be three, right? even for a first. Mm -hmm. So, wow. but I do, but I have noticed, like, I, I am getting better at fitting in all the things I do want to fit in into the three pager. Right. And also like the funny, sometimes the funniest jokes are the ones that I'm like so married to being in my sketch really don't fit with the game that the sketch becomes. Right. And it's so heartbreaking oh, to take them worst. out when you it's really the love them. Yes. But sometimes you just got to do it. Kill your babies. I, that's the, I think that's the hardest part as a writer is you have this, what you think is like this brilliant, <laughs> funny idea <laughs> yeah. that now no one else, you get to share with it. Unless you have Twitter or something, then you post it. But it doesn't work. Like yeah. there's certain jokes that are like meant for this, or you think they're meant for the sketch and you got to, if it doesn't fit that game, man. Yeah. Or it could em. just be like a line of funny dialogue that yeah. doesn't even, it doesn't even warrant a tweet because it only goes along with exactly. like this. Yeah. Like yeah. I can't do anything with it and yeah. it didn't hit and I need space and I have to take this out. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I do try to get all of the things that I think are really funny. And I notice that, like, I think Karate Karate in general, maybe maybe other mod teams too, um, I feel like there's a difference between, I feel like I can tell those mathematical sketches that have, hey, I wrote these three beats. And I think they're funny, but I think, like, man, it's funny to just try to go on a, a bit of a journey with this with a sketch and not right. try to keep it so rigid. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, I know exactly what you mean because it feels like it's kind of like the difference. Uh, I mean, we're, like if you take a herald and you see someone that just plays the herald the way it's like text, like the textbook herald. I know like Sean Distant would hate me for saying this, but if you play <laughs> the textbook herald, um, sometimes it's like if it gets predictable and you want to sort of hide the form just a little bit. I'm not saying yeah. like like not necessarily like organic, you know, transitions and weird like acting like birds and shit, but like, like hide that form. And I feel like sometimes in sketch, it's, it's so much easier to hide it. So why don't we do it? Yeah. Oh man. Just talking about a Herald made me think of like the first, the Herald that blew my mind. And I was like, Oh, I'm going to take improv it was a Winslow Herald where it was the first time I ever saw three third beat connections. And it was like a Friday matinee at like four in the afternoon. And I was like, blown away mm -hmm. i couldn't believe what just happened it didn't look anything like the herald that i saw before it and i was mm -hmm. like whoa mm -hmm. uh that's tight and i think like i try to do that with with sketches too of like uh, just like oh whoa like that happened mm -hmm. like a i think surprise. sketches should start with a fun surprising discovery and then heighten from there kind of yeah like almost like like trying to catch the like 
I don't know what the word would be. The ephemeralness, the ephemerality. I don't know. Yeah. The of what improv is and trying to encapsulate that and turn that into a sketch. Yeah, I mean it's hard. I think because right. improv, especially like man, improv, you're just making it up. So there's not that pressure of like, man, this better be funny. But writing for Maude really helps. Right, having those actors do it. It's like having the best improvisers do what you would eat, do what you would do in the Herald. Right. Right. Do you uh, you talked about. Uh, like you constantly now think about like what the core funny idea is. Do you ever sit and think about like what, um, I know this is a little deep and it's a little heady, but like, I think lately I've been thinking like every sketch says something like no matter like, and I I guess it kind of can relate back to the funny thing, but do you think about like after you write a sketch, like what is like the, What's the what's the idea that people like come away with with this sketch? Does that make sense? I know it's yeah, kind of weird, but it's you... like like you say a movie, like like uh, say not comedy, like a drama, right, like Goodwill right. Hunting. What's the yeah, moral? Yeah, of like what's Hunting? the moral? Like I'm starting as I'm writing more and more, thinking like what because everything you write, people are interpreted a particular way, and whether or not like you as a writer want to like put your own um, like stamp of what you think this comedically says for whatever i know it's probably easier with satire and like political stuff but do you do you think about that at all when you like write a sketch that's not really i think it's happened before like now that you're saying it i think that i i can see the message in some sketches i've written but when Mm -hmm. i write sketches i really especially because writing trying to write like a TV show is pretty heady right uh when i write sketches i just try to have fun and like i don't I notice that when I put any amount of, of like, this is more than just three pages of fun, like mod is just fun. If I put any more into it, then I, I find myself like editing as I'm writing mm, and, yeah. mm-hmm. and it, it's just like kind of getting me, getting me too in my head. So Slows I try you to, down and yeah, yeah, yeah. I try to kind of turn my, my real like analytical brain off once I have the funny thing and just try to put it onto the page, I think. And the reason I bring it up, it's just because like right now, political stuff with Trump is like, it's very hot. Everyone's kind of doing it and maybe a little bit overkill because I I don't know, maybe, maybe not. But what I'm, what I'm thinking is like, I would, I, there are some comedians who I think want to make a statement. Right. And I've always had problems like thinking like, Oh, how do I make a statement through this? Like, four minute sketch yeah you know like that's yeah that's a difficult exercise for me i think like for me it just has to be the idea you know what i mean like it has to start with the idea the first idea i have like if it is a social commentary type of idea then this is a sketch that's going to have a statement because that was the idea but if i'm like you know like to me it's torture to take those like sketch 201 or it's like now you got to write a character sketch and i'm like fuck what if none of the funny ideas this week are going to be characters Characters, you know like trying to fit it into like this box of like Mm -hmm. of this should say something or this should it's kind of just got to come to me and i definitely have had ideas where i'm like oh this is a sketch with a funny message like Mm -hmm. like it's a funny sketch with a message right but it always starts with the idea it's never like i'm trying to write this type of sketch so how can i generate that idea i feel like right then i'm just really making it hard for myself yeah. yeah, and I think there's certain writers who are good at that because, I mean, there's, well, there's shows There's that... Tina Fey and there's, right. you know, the Dave Chappelle show and they're, they're those kinds of writers. But then you've also got the Will Ferrells and the Chris Farley's of the world that are just falling down. 
Yeah. yeah. And it's funny. Right. You know, but they stick to, but there are like, there is a, a certain type of writer who can literally, they have a trove of, of, you know, like of information that they can pull from and like, you know, they're just overall good writers. It's almost like, I guess, an, an SNL writer because they're constantly like it can't ever be the same because if it is, then it just gets monotonous and boring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it kind of all at the same time, it kind of is all the same. Right. Which yeah. is like the weirdest like thing to try fuck. to wrap your head around. It's like right. it can't be the same, but it all of it is the same. Like mm-hmm. it's it always the, the little P, the core funny, what you thought was funny is what I think is funny and what you think is funny could be the same exact thing, but it's a different sketch, but it right. is the same thing. Right. Yeah. I think those kinds of writers who have like those troves, like you're saying, like I, I think of Mark Rennie, I think of Brad, uh, Bradford Evans and Nick. Bradford Evans, yes, yeah. I think uh, of Joan Ford. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think those people have just been doing it longer than I have. Mm-hmm. And that maybe I can be that kind of writer. You know what I mean? Maybe like just with more experience, like right. I've only been doing this for, I've been doing it for like six years, but I've been really seriously doing it for like three mm-hmm. and like really seriously being like, this could be this, this is what I want to do. Right. And so I think like maybe with another three years, if this is really what I want to do and more experience, like you can only get better. And I think you do become that kind of writer mm-hmm. who can seamlessly, I feel like those people I just named make like the dumbest, funniest thing also like somehow political and yeah, have a right. message. Right. Mm-hmm. You can give them a task and they can go and produce something. Right? Yeah. To me, I'm hoping that it comes with time. Yeah. Or maybe those people are just wildly talented more Could than be. me and I'm, I'll never get there, but no hard work impressive. will get any, yeah, it'll yeah. get anywhere. And it's kind of like you, I wasn't here, but we had Patrick McDonald on and he wrote a sketch every day for what, two years or. Well, he does. So I couldn't believe it. And he's another guy that I think is just hilarious. Um, he wrote a sketch every day for a year. And then the way he did it was he would look up that day in history, and that would be his prompt. Ah. And he did that every day for a year. Then he took a year off and then felt that he had gotten like lackadaisical <laughs> in his writing or yeah. whatever. So he did it again the next, the third year. So one year on, one year off, third year. And his friend, who wanted to become a better photographer, was took a picture every day, sent it to him, and then he would write a sketch with that picture as the prompt. It took wow. a year. Then he took another year off, and now this year he's doing it again. I'd be. What's his prompt this year? I don't remember. Maybe was this it tweets. What's it? Joke tweets. I would be so interested. To well, read those sketches. Yeah. yeah. Well, see, that's the thing. And I was a thousand of them by now. Well, I was thinking uh, today. Patrick, I was, he's a machine. He's a machine. Yeah. And, and I was thinking, talking about like with experience today, I was thinking about Patrick and I was like, all right, if you write that many sketches, your brain starts learning like the patterns on which, on how you write a sketch. Right. I think if you write a thousand sketches, a lot of them are going to have the same kind of like paradigm or structure. Right? Like, does your brain start telling you, hey, man, you've done this a fucking million times, like break away. And then that's that's when you really start to grow as a writer because you're like, ah, I can't do the same stuff anymore. I have to venture out and find another way to make this funny. And then that helps you when someone comes to you with a different idea or something. Now right. you have the experience to be like, OK, I can I could do that. I've, you know, spread my wings, I guess, of sorts to try to like push myself to write sketches a different way. If that makes sense. I don't know. 
he's not here to answer that. But yeah, <laughs> but it was something I was thinking. I gotta listen to his episode. I bet I have no. something to learn from that. That's an insane. First of all, the commitment of that mm-hmm. is it's insane. Nuts. Yeah. Um, I'm the kind of person who waits to the very last minute to do anything. I'm high-fiving Carrie right now because that's my life. And (laughs) it's gotten me pretty far. Like, honestly, I mean... There's a certain type of... I think there's a certain type of people who strive in procrastinating. I know mm -hmm. procrastinating is a motherfucker. I hate it. I wish I wasn't that person. Yeah. But I've gotten through my life The the problem is, I think, that people get... Because I'm a little bit of both. I'm a little bit type A and also a little bit procrastinator and i think the what pro- type is that i i don't type the type b is a type b i don't know I don't what know. a type i don't know what you would call a procrastinator but know. like oh negative yeah i'm old i'm a little type a little I'm type o negative, o negative. Also. and then but like uh uh i think the problem is people confuse procrastinator with like lazy asshole that doesn't do things which is a, they're two totally different people a procra- sure. procrastinator still finishes stuff yeah I think like that's something I talk about in therapy that I kind of just, <laughs> just came to of like, oh, I'm not because I kind of like, you know, when I go through periods of not doing any like pilot writing or so like I'm, I'm constantly writing sketches, but even mm. that I do procrastinate, but I don't beat myself up over procrastinating on that. But I do beat myself up on the stuff that I don't have the deadline for. Yeah. Because if I don't have the hard deadline, then when am I going to do it? And then mm-hmm. I start to think. Oh, I'm lazy. Oh, I'm not motivated. And then my therapist, I talked about that in therapy and she was like, no, you're just a procrastinator. Like you're not lazy. Look at all this other stuff that you're doing. Like, and you are motivated to do the things that you want to do. It's just like, I'm a procrastinator, but I've been that way my entire life. Mm -hmm. And I've always like reaped the benefit of procrastinating. Mm -hmm. Like any packet I've ever put together, like... Man, I'm really cutting the wire here. I'm doing it. I might like start working on it, but it's never finished until the second before it's got to be. Do you ever done. feel like um, I constantly feel this way? Maybe I should talk to my therapist about this. Um, like because you procrastinate. Like, what if you didn't? Do you think it would be better? Like, I always beat myself up because I'm like, well, if you would have just fucking done it a week ahead of time and been finished with it, then you could take that whole week and like refine yeah. it, you know, but now, no, you waited to the last minute, you asshole. And like, <laughs> now you don't get any of the benefits of it. Have you ever found that I, I find that when I do do the thing a week early and I have a week to refine it, I'm not going to refine. I'm not, <laughs> go, I'm not <laughs> looking at it because it's finished. You yeah. know what I mean? And then yeah. I'm just going to look at it the night before, mm-hmm. but like i started like just not beating myself up over it like Mm -hmm. yesterday I didn't get any writing done but I was so tired from going on this camping trip where we hiked a lot and I was like you know what I have like this this thing due on Wednesday night but I know me and I know how I work and even if I don't do it until Wednesday morning it's fine because it'll be fine you'll get it done it'll I'll get it done I know I'll get it done so but I do think what I my version of wondering how much I could get done if I wasn't a procrastinator is actually like now morphed into how much can I get done if I'm not dating somebody? Like I'm going to take, I'm taking three months off of dating anybody. Like really like trying to go on, why am I going to go out with a stranger and Mm -hmm. waste a night? Like how much can I get done then? Mm -hmm. And I think it's working. I mean, it's been a month and I've gotten a lot a Kate lot of more writing. 25 down. pilots. Yeah. 25 pilots. I have thought yeah. about, this is a thought I have on a regular basis. What if I could get by with never having to shower, eat, or sleep? Do you know how much you could get done if you didn't have to do those three things? 
Here's well, a thing for that's crazy. <laughs> but here's a thing that uh, that reminded me of is that Stephen King tells people like his his number one advice for writers is to read. Like not another just as important as writing is reading. And I don't know when's the last time you guys read a book, like a, a fiction book, like because I I'm like oh I read books, but they're usually like a collection of essays, like and that's mm. not. It's it's good. It's still reading, but it's not like opening up a, a novel mm-hmm. that is like creating a world. And uh, when people ask him, like, where do you have the time to read? Because it is time consuming. He really carries a book with him everywhere. And like in all those little like five minutes, uh, like waiting for your movie to start at the movie theater, he reads. You can read five pages probably. Instead of playing like Farmville, is that still a thing people play? Farmville? I don't know. Yeah. I do that though. I I carry around a Kindle and my my thing, and I read. Um, yeah, I read books. I'm trying to do that instead of looking well. at my phone. Yeah, that's a good idea. Does listening to podcasts count as reading a book? No. Okay. To me, like even audiobooks, like I kind of want to picture I, I me looking at the words. It's the same as like wanting to write instead of type. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Me looking at the written words, I feel I retain it better, and I kind of paint a picture in my mind. Even an audiobooks, like the way someone reads a line might not be the way I read it in my head, and now sure. I have this different view of what this person is. Or yeah. So I think like yeah, actually, just opening up a book and reading a book. I know it sounds like the dumbest thing, but I'm like so proud of myself anytime I'm reading a book and not looking at my phone because I just want to look at my phone every two fucking minutes. Yeah. It's yeah. like... It's a, it's a crux. Yeah, it's an addiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kick that phone. Should we um, Should we do some pitching? Yeah, let's pitch a little. Okay, so what we're going to do is... <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Carrie, you will grace us by picking a number one through 10. That's going to correspond to different... Uh, way for us to generate some ideas and then we'll just go around and pitch on it yeah yeah that cool yeah so what's the number i feel like the good ones are going to be at the top that's kind of see that's it, interesting that's see we're supposed to have a wheel that you spin oh. but he hasn't made it yet. I haven't if made you just it yet. come up with ideas maybe the first couple ones are the best ones maybe. so i'll go with two two monologue Ooh. oh no <laughs> who's giving the monologue Carry, <laughs> okay. Okay. No, that's a, actually, it doesn't matter. Like whoever has, whoever oh yeah, has, whoever has, whoever that. has something on the word can do a monologue. Can step out off the back line. Yes. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Give us a two or, minute. Or we could even do three mon, like three short monologues oh. too. I mean, it is still different than the living room technically. Yeah, that's true. We'll we do. should do three short. <laughs> yeah, because that we way we're three, not pitching our shorts. own ideas. Yeah, three short monologues. monologues. Okay. okay. Um. Okay. So the word is painting. Painting. I know what story Tweety's going to tell. <laughs> oh, it's the same one. No, I'm not going to. Oh, we haven't done it. I'm not going to do it. Painting. But seriously, though. <laughs> tell that story. Okay. Tell the story. I've so, heard it many times. But uh, I'm so haven't. bummed out about this. So you know those old paintings of like generals with their dogs? And it's like a it's like a general and he's sitting like this on a chair and then like the dog's very stoic next to him. Yeah. Yeah. It's like George Washington or somebody yeah. would have that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a real thing. Um my wife is a painter and I really wanted her to paint a picture of me in a general's costume with my dog Mishka st- sitting stoically next to me because my dog Mishka is just a little Japanese chin and it'd be really cute to just have her like this. Aww. And um my wife won't do it. 
And I'm starting to think that maybe she doesn't love me <laughs> because if she loved me, she would clearly paint the one thing I've asked for, for every birthday, Christmas, every gift for the last four years. Do I need to get a therapist, well, well, well. guys? We can't ask any questions because it's, oh, right. it's a monologue. That's right. But I have yeah. so many. <laughs> um, if you want to ask questions, mm-hmm. I, you can ask questions. Does she paint portraits of other people, or is, or is she not even the type of painter I, I that paints a, a lot of portraits? She's painted me one. <laughs> <laughs> Has she? Well, no. Oh. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, she does. She paints dogs. She paints lots of dogs. Oh, will she paint my dog? Yeah, she paints dogs. That's but what, not me with the dog. Yeah, she's done. She's, uh, I don't think she's she, ever. She's done people, and she mainly does a lot of dogs. See, so maybe there's just too much going on in a picture of you as a general with a dog for her. Maybe that's not her style. She just wants to do either you or the dog. Right. I think that's part of it. I think that she would rather just paint the dog, and now having to paint my face is like added extra work to it. Yeah, it's like two paintings. It's too much. Right, but mm-hmm. like. She sees you all the time. She doesn't. She doesn't, but I wanna, she doesn't want that hanging around the house. It's going to yeah, be above true. the fireplace. She knows it's going to hang in the house. Exactly. It's going to be above the fireplace. Why don't you ask her? This is a true test. Ask her if she can paint herself in it as well as the. I said paint you and the other dog, and then we'll face it. What's him. her What's her reason for not doing it? Yeah. Um, she always goes, "Okay, I'll do it," and then like four years later, it hasn't been done. <laughs> Maybe you're not pestering her enough about it. Mm. Maybe I don't know. I mean, you knew that that was a story from the jam. Yeah, I knew it. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's my that's my monologue, guys. Very good. Very good. Okay. I got one. I okay. think. Um, I just uh, recently went to uh, where did I go? I went to Rome. Oh. And I went to the Vatican, and they have all these, you know, beautiful art and paintings and such, and um, you go through like so to we we did a tour. Because, like, I'm not very cultured, so I'm, I love art. I love paintings and sculptures and all that stuff, especially sculptures, but I don't know anything about it, so it's good to have someone, like, explain some of this stuff to me. And when you're in the Vatican, you go through the museum, and you, like, funnel through down to the Sistine Chapel, and they don't allow you to take pictures there. And, and you have to be quiet. Like, you're not allowed to talk. It's supposed to be like, you know, you take this huge... Uh, you know, masterpiece in and kind of like, you know, reflect. And uh, that's what the tour guide told us. And so I walk in, everybody's talking, (laughs) everybody's taking pictures. And I'm like, am I in the same place? Like uh, the tour guide wouldn't come in with us because she said, I can't go in with you because you're not, you're not allowed to talk. You're not allowed to take pictures. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. This is going to be great. Like there's something, we went to a couple different museums, my girlfriend and I, and it was nice to go to some of the quiet ones because you could sit there is something that's weird about sitting and just staring at a painting like and just like taking it in right and i was really excited to do that with the sistine chapel like to look up and see this thing that this guy painted which is crazy this guy i'm sorry yeah michelangelo (laughs) and um and uh, everyone's taking pictures and being loud. And it just kind of the first thing I thought was, well, if they're taking pictures. I'm taking pictures. So um, I, t- I pull my phone out and I'm like secretly taking pictures. But no one, you know, and then every five minutes I found out one guy comes out and he goes, Shh, no talking. <laughs> and, then, and then he'd go back and it'd be quiet for about 30 seconds. Then people would start talking again and taking pictures. Um, and it was a. Uh, they weren't too strict about it, but that's my story. That's so funny. 
Um, okay. I feel like I should, it should be easy for me to come up with a monologue right now, but I can't. What does that remind me of? Painting in the Sistine Chapel and... Dogs. Dogs. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of splitting up your things after you're like trying to move out with someone. I remember me and my ex had just got my dog Frank in March and then we broke up in May. We lived together for another month before we were moving out. And it was like, I wanted all like the cool stuff that was his. <laughs> badly because we're like we'd pick it out together but like or you know no that's really his like i know it's his how can i get it and i would just like it's so it was so funny that to me that i kind of was able to turn off emotions about like ending this five-year-long relationship with this person to be like "Mm, i want that painting and it was a painting of your general thing reminded me of it (laughs) we bought it together in uh this thrift store in redondo beach but it was in a oil painting on an amazing canvas it's huge of a general but it's a cat's head mm-hmm. instead of a general's head but it's like <laughs> literally like the cat's head is too small because it's a general's body like broad shoulders uh and i like fought tooth and nail to get this painting and it's been sitting in my grandma's closet (laughs) in her condo in queens for five or six years now like i've fought so hard to get it and among other things like some furniture that's all sitting somewhere that is not being used and never probably never will be uh but it was that important to me at the time to like fight about it okay cool Cool. We did it, guys. We did it. We have three monologues, monologues, monologues. which we can pitch some stuff on. I have I have something for yours, okay. Tweety. Okay. That's new. That's not because I've heard that story a few times, but you told it somewhat slightly different. Uh, the key line. I don't know. Maybe I did do this. That you said my wife doesn't love me. There's something funny about um, like you telling your wife one one time about something. <laughs> and then like four years later saying like you you never painted how many times did i tell you like you obviously don't love me like i told you i wanted this painting of me and then her being like you told me once you piece of shit like <laughs> like like you for whatever reason thinking like that it's like that, that um, she was supposed to know it was that important uh or or um yeah something along those lines yeah I like that. That same line made gave me the idea because you guys have been together for a long time, right? Like 10 years, yeah. Mm. Yeah, so that I'm starting to think my wife doesn't love me line made me think of a sketch where maybe it was like this couple explaining, you know, giving a seminar or something about relationships. And it's like the secret to having a lasting relationship is that I don't love my husband. (laughs) You just don't love him. I just don't love him. And we really make it work. We've been able to do it for 10 years. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Tweety's laughing because that's true. (laughs) Tweety's got some... Way to hit home. Literally uh, a good marriage is based on indifference. He's got a lot of ruminating to do after this podcast. Um, (laughs) uh, That's why we stopped recording at his house. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) We record here now. Well, I didn't like the way she was looking at Jeremiah. <laughs> that's oh, so that's why you got all. She painted you a picture of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> what a 
gift. There's a there's another story. Like there's, it would have yeah. gone on without you knowing at all. Like <laughs> yeah. your life had been. Why are there on this all painting? these paintings of Jeremiah in our garage? <laughs> no reason. He commissioned them. <laughs> um, uh, one thing that I thought was very funny was from the monologue. Um, well, I have one for both your monologues. One was a. Uh, Cool, um, the idea of splitting up stuff based on how cool it is as opposed to who owns it. Yeah, um, you know what that's I'm, pretty good. It's like funny, like, hey, like, I know you're getting, like, the car, but it's like a shitty car. Like, this is like a really cool chair. <laughs> you know, like, this chair is fucking dope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's quite them. the right angle, but do you see what I'm getting at? Yeah. You said a funny line to me um, that I wrote down. It was, how can I get it? Like, <laughs> like for someone to be like plotting out, like, all right, we're breaking up. I know what's happening. So how can I get that toaster away from him? Or how can I get that Vitamix? Like, I, I don't know. Just yeah, like, what, what kind of sacrifices am I going to have to make to get this? Thing? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, where am I going to have to, like, what... What wheeling and dealing do I have? It's almost like you come to your breakup with like list. Okay. And you exchange list on what you want to take and what you don't. And then you're like trading them like they're Pokemon cards. Like, you're like, all right, I'll give you the uh, arm- armoire if you give me the painting of that cat general <laughs> i don't know how much that uh like really worked out in real life but something like that it was like really based on all, like how many tantrums i could throw for something <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah i like that idea or even like mapping i'm trying to think of mapping a break like splitting your things up after a breakup with mm-hmm. like a heist movie or mm. what is that of like or like a card game like two of these is worth one of those right, like yeah yeah and ocean's 11 a plot to get something back that's not that valuable maybe even yeah you know like you breaking into your ex but to the person it means everything it means everything right like an xbox oh my god (laughs) i just got so upset over a hat that i couldn't find that i bought with with an ex-boyfriend like i was like where's this hat and i was like this is just a hat but it meant so much that i got like so emotional over it and i'm like this is a hat yeah who cares? You putting together a crew <laughs> to other people. Be like, what's the take? It's my uh it's my trucker hat from oh, God yeah. damn. It's my Von Dash yeah. hat. Not There's going a lot in. of memory. Yeah. yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Um Yeah, but it's when Ashton Kutcher was cool and it says Von Dutch on it. Be like, no one cares, Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> another two idea I had another one for each of yours. One for yours, Tweety, was when you were talking about how like a general would have his like strong dog in his picture. Like what about someone painting like a general with his pet? And it's just like the most delicate, like nasty lizard that looks like <laughs> it's going to disintegrate or like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like the dying. weirdest pet and it's not doing what it needs to do. <laughs> it just like smells and it's bad. Yeah. It's like um, painting, like, um, like the difference between, a, or like the guy, the general who's in each of these paintings, he's just with emaciated animals. <laughs> <laughs> Why? It shows how strong I am. I am, yeah. Yeah. I am a strong man. That's really funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really and funny. I was really thinking about like how a classroom acts uh, when they have a substitute teacher was like uh, how your group was acting once they got inside without the tour guide. Yeah. Yeah. Wondering like how we, I wonder if that's funny, like, or if we need a little more work on that one. No, but that's that's a that's a funny idea. If you're like, because um, that is what it sounds like. Yeah, yeah, it's like you get away from 
the per but the thing is with this the, the person. person of power is someone you're paying like you know like like that's uh it's a weird I, I like that idea i'm trying to think of how like um what if it's this like the uh the Oh, no, no, not the tour guide. You're talking about the guy who's um, in the assisting chapel, like the security. I was talking about the tour guide. Oh, the tour guide. You're oh, okay. like, the tour guide's like, I got to wait outside. Right, right. But, I mean, I think you can suspend the part of like, oh, we have to pay. We're paying this guy. I yeah. think maybe like the take on it could be that he's like a 19-year-old kid and mm -hmm. we're all – and everyone else in the sketch is like a 30-year-old a man and really like listening to uh, him yeah, the whole yeah. time. But then as soon as he turns his back, it's like we're partying. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's funny. That's funny. I also imagined the tour guide that's like – because if some – like if I was to go to the Sistine Chapel, I'd be annoyed by people taking pictures because I would want like to be able to – smell it and see it and, mm -hmm. and enjoy you know, it yeah it's like I going to like the dalai lama's temple and everybody won't shut up and you're trying to like be in a quiet buddhist place like mana you know what i mean like that kind of a thing mm -hmm. so the idea of like a the tour guy kind of being like now when you get in there no talking and no taking pictures <laughs> cool tour guide. Yeah, a really big wink I just gave. But then Jeremiah's character being like, No, no, no. Did you just wink? We yeah. I That's want pretty funny. I yeah. want you to not do that. Yeah, I came here as a what is it called when you go on a spiritual spiritual journey? It's called a walkabout. <laughs> yeah. lost. Uh, I don't know. a pilgrimage or something like that i don't know yeah i went yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. like you're going there because it's like a, a holy area right like every pope since the 1500s has been in that room and you know um yeah i guess that's and people are taking like selfies yeah that like, should irritate me heighten the way that they're irritating you right yeah. right it is irritating. I feel like in those situations, I'm always like, I have a little angel and a little devil. Like, mm -hmm. I want to be a person who is like, I want to be above all these other people and be the quiet person. But like, I also like want to touch the art. Yeah. <laughs> you also I also want to touch something that you told me not to touch. Right. But I want to be like, you know, respectful. respectful. You want to be the. I want to be the example. Right, right. But I also really want to like do the one thing you're not. But I also to. really want to do a beer bong in the corner when no one's looking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's like priest in real life. Though. <laughs> that's, that's, like, that's like anyone in authority. I feel like has to have this image of them being squeaky clean. But you know. There's something that they do that's fucking weird. Like, you can count on it. Yeah. You know? I mean, anytime I've ever been, like, I went to the Getty when they had this, uh, these tents that were made to look on the inside, like Mayan temples. Mm -hmm. And the number one thing was like, don't touch these. And like the first thing I did was like get into a corner where nobody could see me and touch it and then turn to whoever I was with and be like, did you see that? I touched it. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm 27. Showing, showing off. Get yeah, it together. Yeah. yeah, I'm bad. What up? Kick me out of here. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I already saw everything else I want to see. This is the last thing I'm looking at. Yeah. I'm going to touch it. <laughs> but then as they're kicking you out you're the one like screaming and kicking like yeah or what about a kid who's at an art place at an art place whoa at a museum where you are allowed to touch the art and he's acting like he's not so, i don't care i'll touch it yeah yeah it's okay you can touch this art yeah yeah, yeah sure you probably just say that because you want to kick me out but i don't care i'll touch whatever i want look i'm touching it yeah so is everybody everybody's yeah. touching it so yeah yeah i also like a sketch about someone calling a museum an art place <laughs> 
Gary O'Neill, you can name her that. Go to the art place. Yeah, going to the art place. You mean the museum? No, it's an art place, stupid. <laughs> it's a place where there's art. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this is on the same game as the kid, but also just seeing like a kid being like, or even adult being like, I'm not touching it. I'm not touching it. I'm not touching oh, it yeah. to the art. Yeah. 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 Like, but you, that could be a beat in that sketch, but you're allowed to touch it or you're allowed to not touch it. You can do whatever you yeah, want. Yeah. So you don't need to do this. Yeah. yeah. It's an open exhibit. It's one of those interactive exhibits. Interactive. What's that word? <laughs> you are supposed to touch the buttons. Like yeah. That's how you're going to get the experience here. Mm-hmm. That's pretty funny. It's funny. That's a good one. Yeah. Like, like a, the opposite of what. Yeah. I like that, guys. I like that uh, way to generate ideas. Yeah, yeah. it's fun, right? Yeah. yeah. We always do that for an improv thing, but it works for sketch, too. It I feel like we sketch. came up with some good, easy ideas that I would like. be like, oh, I could sit down and write this. Yeah, yeah. and even if you like, I mean, like I wrote down five, and I know I wasn't writing down all of them. Like, I couldn't keep up. So, I didn't write down any. Yeah, I was. <laughs> I'm an idiot. This is what I was saying. I'm part type A, part, what was the other word? Typo negative. Typo negative. This yeah. is the type A in me where it's like, don't forget anything. And then I still miss stuff. But um, then uh, even if, let's say you wrote all these, like maybe three of them are bad and one of them's good. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, Mark, you know? I keep talking about Mark Rennie on here, but he is the director for my team that I'm writing sketches for. He's like, I asked him recently, because sometimes I'm just really married to a sketch and i'm rewriting it so many times and i i really think it's funny like i'm taking the notes and i'm putting them in and i, I think it's funny mm-hmm. and the ones that i like really love and i worked really hard on sometimes are the ones that like no that's not going to get in the show yeah and the one and mark's advice was like yeah sometimes like the one you wrote on a tuesday at four o'clock randomly when you had an extra hour is going to be like the funniest fucking thing that you spent no time on yeah mm-hmm. uh so, yeah, I think if I went home to write all of these, I would think that they were all golden. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then the one that I thought was, like, probably the weakest idea or whatever would end up being the funniest sketch. Just by, So yeah. I think, like, man, I admire Patrick for being able to just write so much. Yeah. Because he probably just has such a good idea about what works and what doesn't now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, with three, two shows ago, I wrote, I submitted three sketches, and... Knowing that you're only probably gonna get one and maybe two if you're lucky, and the third one I was like I just kind of threw it into the end because I wrote it in 15 minutes on a car ride. The other one I'd spent the other two I'd spent weeks and weeks laboring over. Yeah. And neither one of those got in, and the one I spent 15 minutes in the car got in. Mm-hmm. You know what's like a good exercise? I think it's taking those ones that you really love and putting them up and seeing them like be shit and disaster, just so you can be like. All right, stamp it, close it. I know, like, as much as I loved it, it didn't work. So, like, I I feel like doing that trains yourself to be like, all right, like, you can't have so much, like, like, love for your sketch, you know? Yeah, that is a good point of, like, put it up and see, because then also maybe it does work. Maybe you just need to clean it up a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like, I'll go back to some sketches that don't get into shows and try to rewrite, rework them and see if like there's another angle I can take if I really think the idea is funny but sometimes it's like when you're trying to read a book if you're just not into it if you're 20 pages in you're not into it don't torture yourself just close the book and try try a different book this isn't the book for you maybe it's not the sketch for you Mm -hmm. I had an idea that I still think is the funniest thing (laughs) and like I cannot make it work it's like if Tom Hanks had a brother named Tim Hanks <laughs> and I just saw someone's name, Tim Hanks on like credits that were rolling after a movie, like mm-hmm. the best boy was Tim Hanks. And I was like, 
what if Tom Hanks had a brother named Tim Hanks? They were switched at birth. And see, it's already too complicated. <laughs> they were switched to birth, and Tim Hanks like actually has done all of the jobs that Tom Hanks does in his movies, and that's how Tom Hanks gets the idea. <laughs> so like Tim Hanks was married to a mermaid because yes. of Splash, and he mm-hmm. also coached a women's uh, baseball, baseball team, team and like all he... this stuff. What about Sully? <laughs> <laughs> it, it ends up being Sully. It, it does get like it's so absurd and ridiculous. Like, I mean, maybe that's like an, a, a clickhole headline, and it's just not a sketch. It can't be a sketch. Yeah. Like it just doesn't work. It, I think it. What if? T- I think it could. I've yeah. re- written it so many different ways and even brought it. Like I wrote this way before I even ever got on Maud. I had this idea and like you, I t- tried to bring it to Maud and. If you tried it as a like, runner. No, maybe that would work. Because mm-hmm. then you just have to set it up once in the beginning, and then you just get three quick jokes, and every time everybody gets it. That is a good idea. We yeah. don't do runners on Karate Karate, but maybe for something else. I think I'm going to try to write a spank with some, some of my sketches that... Is that part of mod? You not really no runners? Because I don't see no, a no, lot No, 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 no. Karate Karate, we do uh, no transitions now. I don't know when's the last time you saw us, but some, it's been somewhere a while. in like the middle of the year last year, we did one show where we didn't do any blackouts, so we just wrote the transitions into the script. Like, how are we going to get from this sketch to this sketch? And we don't plan what the sketches... We Mark picks the show... Um, and none of the sketches probably have anything to do with each other at that point, but then we figure out how we get from point A to point B. Mm. So we don't ever do a blackout. So the actors, sometimes like you're there in every sketch, they never leave the stage Mm -hmm. and the writers will come out and like maybe put stuff out, but we try to do it where it's kind of seamless, where it's just actors doing the transitions. Hmm. Uh, and it's fun. It's really fun. We really nail it sometimes. And sometimes we don't like, you know, you never know, but I think it's cool because like I said, that addiction to the phone, like when it, there's a blackout, it's like everyone goes to their phone, they're already out of it. So we try to keep a minute. So we don't do runners because we don't do right. blackouts. Do you think, do you as a writer have to change the endings of your sketch a lot or is it? Yeah, usually we, uh, sometimes the button gets to stay, but mm-hmm. a lot of times the button gets, the button of a sketch is not the button anymore and it right. kind of blends so, so we can write the, the blend. Yeah. But I think that, buttons to sketches are rarely like the funniest part right. and if it, the hardest part yeah and if Monty it is python never did them because they were like how yeah. do we get out of this they just go into the next sketch you know kind of like yeah. yeah it kind of takes the heat off of trying to figure out how i'm gonna end the sketch because i know yeah. i can kind of do any i can write it it'll be fine we'll we'll we're gonna do no transition we're gonna write transition for it anyway right but uh if the button is like the funniest thing in the sketch, we'll leave it and then figure out how we go from there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's fun. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds fun. It all, it sounds very Mr. Show-esque. Yeah, I think Mr. it confuses the audience sometimes. Yeah. Like the note that the AD at the theater gives us has given us has been like, make sure these are clear because sometimes like the audience gets confused because they're not used to seeing something like that. But yeah. I think it makes all of our shows seem like they're a piece also mm-hmm. instead of just here's six sketches or five sketches. Uh, so that's really cool yeah. that like we we're not writing like those theme shows, but it is kind of like one fluid piece. Yeah. So I like that about it. That's cool. That's very cool. I just dropped my pen. I don't need it. Nope. <laughs> um, cool. Cool. Do you want to move on? Yeah. Let's uh, read a couple of uh, one pagers. Yeah. All right. Okay, so here we are. This is our first one-pager from uh, last week's episode with Mr. Um, Kel, Kel Hills. Kel Hills. I wanted to call him Kel Hillis. It's so hard for me to not do that. 
That's so weird because Hills is already a word and Hillis <laughs> is not. But I thought his name was Hillis for oh, a solid year. That. Yeah, sometimes you just kind of feel it. I don't know. There's like people in my phone whose names were definitely spelled wrong. And mm. it's just like, well, that's just how I thought it was. So that's how it's going to be. Charlie Mihalich's name was just Charlie with a question mark after it for months because I had no idea how to spell his last Charlie, name. Charlie? <laughs> um, Kale Hills is the funniest person at he's, UCB. He's so funny. Um, okay. So this is the one pager based off of those we did last week. And this one is, um, I, I just call it water list. Um, and uh, you're going to play Ramona. I'm going to play Jack. Jeremiah is going to do the waiter and also the stage directions. Okay. Here we go. Interior fancy restaurant. Jack and Ramona are seated by Maitre D, who silently exits. Ramona thanks him. This is a very nice restaurant. Are these glasses crystal? Fancy. Yeah, my father would bring my sisters and I here for special occasions when we were kids. Uh, Jack, oh. Jack picks up the menus. It's modern and nice. Wow, this place has a pretty small menu. Bovine tartare. Interesting. Is this a water list? Oh, yeah. This place has an exclusive water list. Exclusive water list? Oh, what, what do you mean? Like, like Fiji water? Well, it does have comfort waters like Fiji, but it also has your single source decade-old waters as well. Isn't water just water? Absolutely not. The waiter approaches the table. I am Regimund. I am here to serve you this fine evening. Tonight we are featuring a lemon glazed scallop with sautéed butter squash. It pairs excellent with the 1984 Abigailian wooden well. 33-year-old water? Blackout. Blackout. (laughs) One pagers are weird. They are. Um... So yeah, what do you think? Do, so, you, yeah. do you get do it? Do you get it? I get it. Great. I was saying, I was like, oh, my biggest fear is to read a one pager and I don't know what the game is. I get the game. I think this is funny. There's so many different reverse osmosis. I can tell what the pitch for this was. Right. Um, notes. I think it might be funny if it's a group of people at this restaurant because and every and there's everybody is weird, mm-hmm. like is into the weird water, and there's one guy who's not. Which is that's a, I'm glad you said that because that was technically the Kale's pitch, but wow. I couldn't figure out how to make it work. Like, I I couldn't I, in my head I couldn't wrap it around. But if you take the date aspect of it away and it's just a group of people, I just like that. The, well, the reason... double, like multiple people there was what we were talking about with kale was having two groups of people or just having, oh. yeah. Like his was like saying we have two people, two yeah. double dates. Like, cause I had pitched, Oh, have a, have one, like a, a different class of, of couple versus mm-hmm. a different, like a lower class, high class, but do it with couples. So then you can kind of like battle yeah. it out. But I think you're oh, saying yeah. just have a group of, yeah. It's like a group of people who are out for someone's birthday and right. it was like, mm-hmm. they have the, here's the wine list and here's the water list. And one guy's like the water list and everybody's down with it. I think it's so funny. That's funny. Like my, my two formulas, the two things I love to, to see in sketches and what I try to write, like make my ideas fit is like one person right now, your guy is kind of, I guess no, because everybody else, because the, the girlfriend is in on it, but I think it's so funny when everybody is weird and one guy is normal. Yeah. That is the formula of the sketch, so it could only be funnier if there were more people who were weird Yeah. to contrast him. And then, because then it's like, 
with just two people, it could turn into an argument. I feel like when I write sketches, it's like we're locked. We're, we've locked heads because this is what I believe and this is what you believe. Yeah. It's a big group. It's like, oh, I can see how this guy's like going to try to get on board and he's going to taste That's a really good note. I never thought about that. But yeah, a lot, a lot of my sketches do end up in arguments because I do a lot of two-person sort of relationshipy sketches. Yeah, I never write two-person sketches. I like tried to go through to submit mine for like mod auditions of like, oh, read this in auditions. And none of my sketches are two people because I like, that's just like what I try to do is make it blow the world out. Everybody is crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good idea. I like that And it that gives a you lot. more... It, I like doing that too. I love writing for dad jeans, especially like whole cast sketches because each person on stage, you can give a unique voice. So like it almost helps you build joke lines into your sketch if you just have some random person who hasn't said anything for a page. Just come out with something like real quick and whatever because now you know like this is the one weird guy of the group who says like really dumb stuff or you know whatever it yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. And it's easy for the for the guy like to get back into it to be like instead of like having an argument when it's a group like if if every person has a different point of view then it's convincing to him to, to try this thing again yeah, yeah. in a different way. Right. Which, you know what I mean? Yeah. Change his perspective. Okay. For the all right. Sake. Maybe like, okay, yeah. I get that. What yeah. you're saying. I understand. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he can kind of get back into, to being active and, and get over the argument when there's right. so many different points of view that are weird. Yeah. And you can heighten, I think the way they explain it too. Mm-hmm. you know what I mean? You get some mileage there from yeah. the different people sort of chiming in and, joke pitch once they get their food the food the guy's like the food tastes like shit and it's like yeah of course the food tastes like shit we come in for the water <laughs> yeah that's funny yeah it's a good button like the place is like uh like have you ever gone to um the what's that garlic place there's a garlic oh, the place? stinking rose the stinking rose oh, i need to go there it's Where really it? good right uh but the best thing is the ice cream no, it's, it's garlic not. ice cream. It's not the best thing. The best thing is the garlic ice cream. Oh my cream. god, you guys! It's not the best thing. This is an argument. Yeah. <laughs> Where is that place? It's off of um, uh, La Cienega in Beverly yeah, Hills. Yeah, it's in oh Beverly Hills. Right? Is it Beverly Hills or West Hollywood? It's B B B Hill. Okay. Too yeah. rich for my blood. It's not as expensive. We went there. As the rest of Beverly I went Hills. there recently for my job for work, and. Um, yeah, I think I got like a ribeye for like seventeen bucks. Oh, that's not bad. So that's not too bad. Yeah, yeah. But you got to get the ice cream because it's the garlic best. ice cream. It's the best. Yeah, it's okay. the best part. I'll try it. It's the only reason you go. I tried it. I didn't pay for it, and I was really glad I didn't pay. For it. <laughs> I'm more into sweet ice creams. Like when I go to those yeah. fancy places, I'm still like, I want like caramel and chocolate. While you're down the road, go to um, Salt and Straw. I love Large Salt Mont. and Straw. Love Salt and Straw. Have you had salt and straw? No, I want it. But I plug for salt and straw. It's good. It's really I good. like it better than Jenny's. And Jenny's is by my house, and I would prefer to come to salt there's and a straw. One, there's a new one by UCB Franklin that's really good. I heard that a scoop of ice cream there is five five American dollars. It's pretty for expensive. One scoop. <laughs> yeah. I can't do it. It's pretty expensive. There's no way. I can't do it. I could get two little scoops. They're not huge scoops, but they're they're fine. They do just fine at yeah. Jenny's for six. You're telling me I one scoop for five they're US dollars? They're big scoops, dollars? though. All right. Try you can but get I a can't pint try more ben flavors. Then I feel like I can only try one flavor because I'm not spending ten dollars on two scoops. Well, you know what I do? I try. I'm a one flavor person. Okay. But I try lots of flavors, and that you flavor just do a is bit it, of a taste. Yeah, and then, you and then that's like it. The that satiates that flavor, and then I get what I want. 
which is usually something with vanilla. <laughs> I know. I'm always, I always just want chocolate. <laughs> like I'll change every weird flavor and I get yeah. chocolate. Yeah. Um, Are we ready for sketch number two? Oh, uh, do we have any beat pitches? Oh. Uh, well, there you go. I gave you one beat pitch. That mm-hmm. was the food finally comes and the food tastes like, like shit. shit. That could be a button for the I was, sketch. That's what I was thinking makes a good button. I was going to write these down, but then I realized there's no need to write them down because I'm recording them. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty funny. Um, I mean, we talked about this. I know, we, we, we talked about this yesterday, yesterday, but yeah, I mean. Not yesterday, last, uh, last week. week we, we, we talked about it last week, but you got to have something in there where they treat it like, yeah. Like they, the food pairing type stuff. Food pairing, or I don't know, like... Like you're getting the salmon, well, you've got to try that. I like going more bizarre. Like, I like doing... Like, there's something... Like, like making this character super physical, and, like, there's something super funny to me to see a guy, like, hunker down and take this this water cup and just sniff it for, like, as long as he can sniff. Mm -hmm. That's just something, like... You know, you do something for so long, it ends up being funny. Someone like literally just. That is really funny. Yeah. And it is like mapping it over wine. Over wine. Right. And, and talking about it, like, I want to see a guy explain this wine. I mean, explain this water, like, like, cause those fucking wine people are like, oh, it's oaky and full body and all this stuff. Like, like what if, what if they start off with non-wine things and then start start adding on to where it gets to wine descriptors and then the guy like you're just saying what wine like you're acting like it's wine now or something so you'd be like yeah this is like um it has a grainy texture like it's been in a well that's uh that has a sand bottom you know because like i don't know if people do know that here but in like florida the you got to dig down to get to the aquifer but like you get down to the bottom of that and then it's sand so like it has a sandy taste to it charcoal these yeah. charcoal a yeah, lot this charcoal like it has a crisp i think it's so funny if this whole sketch takes place at a restaurant in florida and every different water he's described in the same exact way. <laughs> like, and then you get down past the aquifer yeah. and you hit the sand and that's what gives it the sandy. So this one tastes like sand too. Yeah. I mean, that's maybe a completely that's, different sketch. But, but, but also not because I feel like if you re- actually read wine bottles, it's all like black, black cherry, currant and dirt. Yeah. Like those yeah. are the three ingredients in every wine. It just right. tastes like wine no matter what. Yeah. yeah. And, and if you did that, that would be funnier than when you start pairing it with different foods. Yeah. Because it's like, they all go, it all goes the same. Like it yeah. all tastes great together. Yeah. Then. What are you talking about? This yeah. is the same. It's yeah. all the same. Why not just make it, why don't you just say it goes with everything? Well, it doesn't go with everything. Well, because we took this one out of the earth and then we put it back and then we took it out again. Yeah. So that's why. Yeah. <laughs> that's really funny. Yeah. Don't write it down. I know. I, 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 I keep going to them. I'm like, I, it's right here. I can see it. I can see my wavelengths. Yeah. Um, great. Cool. Cool. All right. In true procrastination. When did you finish this sketch, Jeremiah? I finished it approximately five minutes ago. While we were actually reading <laughs> the one we chose. No, couldn't have been because I was reading in that sketch. Okay. Anyways. I don't know. Uh, Seems like you might have a PDF and an FDX <laughs> up at the same time. Who knows? Could be. Um, all right, so we're going to read mine. Yeah. Um, I don't have yours. Did you email it? Yeah, I emailed it too, so you might have to. <laughs> this is one of those. 
this is one of those (laughs) well here's also a number one piece of advice is don't ever act like your thing is bad or don't ever be like man this is a tough like you can never do that even if it is tough and it it was hard to write like you just gotta present it and like it's the greatest thing ever i always want to be like well, this was hard, but <laughs> it's like, no, nobody needs to know that. Who cares? So do you think you should like come in and like really like oversell it? I think maybe you should be humble. Like you should have everything like, like you should have everything like in a binder and each cast member a binder to read along. <laughs> no, you just have to be like, like we at a pitch meeting, we have all the actors and all the writers there, you know, you're pitching. And if I'm like, okay, this is a dumb idea, but then I'm already in a mindset of like, this is a dumb idea. You probably aren't going to like it. But if I'm like, okay, so this, yeah, you know, how this, this, the, it. like, just like the way saying this is dumb, but mm-hmm. puts you in a completely different mindset than being like a person who's excited about it. Right. It right. shows initially like you lack confidence in your idea. Yeah. Right? It's so hard. I think yeah. as a, as a, it's human nature kind mm-hmm. of to, right. to do that before everything, like that, think that your ideas are bad or feel like you need to qualify things or right. like, for sure. Like if someone even gives you a compliment, someone likes my hat or something, really you like it. Cause I was thinking I was going to wear it this way, but then you know what yeah. I mean? Like that nature to do that. I'm trying so hard to stop uh, doing I constantly it. Constantly do that. Yeah. I spent just stop doing it professionally is like mm-hmm. what I'm trying to work on now. Cause yeah. you want to definitely, if you're trying to get these jobs, baby, yeah. you want to look like get you're, them jobs. you're very like confident, you're even if you're not. That's okay. smart. So this is an amazing first page that I've read. Yes. Um, oh, I, you want to read stage? Yeah, of course I do. I'll be uh, Christina. You'll be Christina. I'll be Kurt. Okay. Great. Okay. You ready? No. Fucking this guy. Dude, it's, I'm telling you. Carrie, welcome to my world. Life is not good to me. Should we leave him behind? Yeah. <laughs> should, I, should I just read the stage myself? Um, why Why is it not here? Yeah, Are you, you on airplane have, mode? I emailed it to you. Oh, I am. Yes, I am. Are you fucking kidding me? This <laughs> one's on airplane mode. Are you kidding me? <laughs> All right, forget <laughs> it. I'll read stage. No, I, got, I have it. I have it. I have it. I have it. Don't, don't ruin this for me. Don't take away my stage. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh my God. Okay. And, he, and he reads stage terribly, too. So it's not like we're getting a person who reads stage great. I, I read it great. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, interior, God will. Godwill? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Interior Goodwill. Christina and Kurt are shopping for ugly sweaters. I stand corrected. I didn't think the Goodwill would have ugly sweaters on the racks in July. It's my one-stop shop for all things ugly. Uh, Fun fact. All Goodwills smell the same. The aroma of combining people's unwanted junk is uh, quite unique. Christina looks down at the ground and picks up a Jolly Rancher. My lucky day. Green Apple Jolly Rancher. She puts it in her mouth. Beat. Uh, Hey... Christina, did you uh, you just put that in your mouth? Christina makes a slurping noise as she enjoys the Jolly Rancher. Yeah, what's it to you? That's gross. What? It was in the wrapper. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> Whatever, Kurt. <laughs> don't judge. You know I love free candy. Okay, floor candy is not the same as free candy. Blackout. 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 Um... <laughs> <laughs> What would you say the game of this is? <laughs> I can't tell if it... I, I, I think it's candy. I think it's yeah. gross girlfriend. Well, yeah. It's it's uh, eating candy anywhere, I guess. Right? Isn't that kind of what... Like eating... Picking up candy off the ground. Eating... Yeah. Like, candy makes you happy? Yeah. Like finding candy and... Like just like finding candy anywhere. 
and eating it. <laughs> <laughs> like the the places that you'll find, I guess, fuck. I mean, the funny thing about this to me was like, if you saw any type of candy on the floor, you'd pick it up and eat it. Like it didn't matter. Um, okay. So I think that maybe the sketch starts when you're leaving an office, like you and Christina, Kurt and Christina are leaving an office and there's a bowl of candy. Mm-hmm. And so she says something like, oh, I, fi- I love candy so much. Like I would literally eat any candy and she, you guys laugh over that and then you get outside and then maybe she eats a candy off the floor gotcha. and then, and then we can go insane. Someone spits so f- a candy out and literally like spits it into a garbage can and she picks right. it up and she's like, it's still candy. But then it falls out of her hand, rolls, accidentally bounces into a dog's asshole. She reaches <laughs> into the dog's asshole, mm-hmm. pulls the Jolly Rancher out puts it into her mouth okay they drill all the way into the ground she goes into it so and the then first it bounces out of her hand be... into a dog's asshole and she puts that in her mouth i guess that was the problem with this i was like i gotta get the game on the first page how can i why did you put it at goodwill well because i wanted to be like the grossest like the fl- i was like what's the grossest floors <laughs> oh the yeah grossest floors in in, in Hollywood the, Boulevard on the Walk of yeah, Stars. Yeah, sure, but we just had a lot of rain recently yeah. and washed all that out. The floors at Goodwill are still... <laughs> well, this this script took place last year. <laughs> yeah, you could yeah. end up at Goodwill, I think. You could yeah, end yeah. up there as a heightening move. Yeah. But yeah, you guys talk about the sweaters too much. Like, half the page was talking about the sweaters and nothing about the candy. And so I was like, oh, mm-hmm. I the, what I thought about the why I was confused about what the game was was because I was wondering if the candy thing mm-hmm. was going to be the game or if it was going to somehow tie in to Goodwill and maybe it's like she likes old things or mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or like, you know, ugly yeah. things. Maybe that was an ugly piece of candy. I thought the game, when you were talking about ugly, it's my one-stop shop for all things ugly. I thought right. that was the setup for the game. Oh. Right, for sure. And I, uh, talking about <laughs> the reason I was like, oh, we'll see, is because I took that, when we were talking about those lines that we really love. And I was like, there's just something about someone at a Goodwill in July looking for ugly sweaters. That's that is really s- funny. Stupid and funny to me. And I have to put it. But almost, an <laughs> entirely, makes, but, but almost an entirely different sketch. Like, right. Completely I mean, different. I mean, right, it doesn't so- even need, I don't even need any of that in this sketch. Like I could, I'm taking all of that out for the next time we but do But you it. could yeah. write an entire sketch about someone shopping for ugly sweaters in July at a Goodwill. For yes, sure. Yes, exactly. Yes, that's a whole different thing. But it was one of those things I couldn't get rid of. I couldn't kill that baby. I couldn't do it. Yeah, <laughs> it's I so funny. It. Yeah. It's funny. You know it when you're writing it. And yeah. I'm like, man, I know I'm going to have to just yeah. highlight this and delete it. <laughs> yeah. Like one of these days, you know? You know what I should do? And I, <laughs> I don't do it enough. I should take this stuff that I really find think is funny, highlight it and put it in like a document as just like, those were things I had to take out that I think you could maybe mm, pull sketches that's funny. From. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause it is a separate sketch. That is its yeah. own little sketch. Yeah. I've been pitching donkey car. Oh God. For a guy Donkeys that, kind of our cars though. They carry things up. Yeah. But a guy buys his kid a donkey cause he can't afford to buy him a car for his 16th birthday. And he rides the donkey like a car. See, <laughs> get out. This Carrie's look is face? what I always get. You see face? But it, to me, it's Carrie's the face funniest. Checked out immediately. No, 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 no. I'm trying to think again. I'm picturing it and I'm seeing what I'm, the way my wheels are turning now is, all right, is this for stage or is it for video? And is this sketch about the donkey car or is the donkey car just a beat in the sketch? That's a, a question I have to ask myself a lot with my ideas. I'm it's like, for oh. stage. It's a, the, the entire sketch is the life between the kid and his donkey car 
Well, you know how like people become become really attached to their cars. Yeah, that is pretty funny if you can figure out a way to pull it off. That's the thing. That's the exercise. And I've just I think given it might up. be an it might be like an SNL style filmed commercial. Right. Like to nail need... that voice of what you're trying to do with like the car tells a story and you know what I mean. It's like a fake car commercial. Maybe but I'm gonna just, Maybe you've saved my life because I might just make it a video. Make it a video. Save it. Yeah, David. Video. The only thing I was good at writing in those sketch in the UCB sketch classes was commercial parodies. Like that was like what made me gave me the confidence to like try to continue writing because I was so funny at writing commercial parodies, <laughs> yeah. but nothing else. Yeah, Your one thing. <laughs> like something I could never put on a stage or <laughs> yeah. like never. My yeah. ideas all were like very high budget commercial parodies. <laughs> yeah. I always hated topical. Well, I taught, what opened up Topical for me, what unlocked it was when I think Kevin Peterson said to me, like, oh, the game of the sketch doesn't have to be the topical thing. Like, how SNL does, like, a game show sketch, but it does have, it has to do with topical. Then you're doing right. a game show sketch. Mm-hmm. I think in his class I wrote a sketch about uh, Google was getting investigated by, like, the FCC mm-hmm. for, like, making the cer- making certain search results higher than others, mm. um, like, in their special interest. And I wrote a sketch about the that meeting, but it was the two guys from Google. All they, or it was two guys from the FCC, one guy from Google, and the two guys from the FCC who were supposed to be like questioning the Google guy, were just like asking him about the Google Doodles, like those drawings. Oh yeah. Mm. So it's like technically topical, but right. it's a sketch that's not really topical. Yeah, that's but that's funny. funny. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's great. Okay, so do you have any other pitches, Tweety? Carrie, uh, on ha- on, like further beats. Sketch? I like I like the beat of someone spitting out. So I yeah. think starting it. Yeah, you're right. Start off with a legit piece of candy grounding. Yeah. S- scene, right? Uh huh. Right. And she just mentions how much she loves candy. Right. Uh, and then go to either candy on the floor. Could be candy on the floor. Because I do like that thing. Like uh, what? It was in a wrapper. Be like, no, it wasn't. That is pretty yeah. funny. Like, no, it wasn't. Yeah. 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 I, Maybe like a homeless guy spits out a piece of candy. I like that. So I like someone spitting out. Like the grosser the person, the better, I think. There's nothing wrong with homeless people, Tweety. No, but it's disgusting <laughs> to think of them taking like candy out of their mouth and then putting it in your own. Okay. A good button pitch for this Ooh, sketch is nice. uh, like there's some kind of kid. Someone offers her or it's like, like a, a, kid, a kid is trying to sell world's finest chocolate. Like mm. their candy mm. for a dollar, and she's like, "Fuck no, I don't support charities." <laughs> We're like, "What's she won't that? Eat that candy? What's that candy that everybody hates? Like mounds? Mounds? Yeah." I just got in a talk with someone the other day about that. He was like, "No, they're like mounds isn't that bad." It's and not I was that like, bad. "I go, yeah, but have you ever bought a mounds, or is it just in a bowl and you've picked one out and eaten it?" Literally, never eaten. bought a mound. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. I have bought an almond joy. I do like almond joys. I've never yeah. bought either, but I'll eat both. You of don't them. like co- Jeremiah? Doesn't like coconut. So. I hate coconut. I would I I would actually not roast mounds or like Necco wafers or like something that everybody thinks is gross because mm-hmm. I think that that is done. a predictable beat. I think mm-hmm. like that's true. I think I think my pitch was better for <laughs> of, yeah of like fuck no fuck your baseball team or whatever. Yeah, I'm not yeah. That. Like, yeah. especially if you say fuck your baseball team. <laughs> I think that has to be in there. Fuck your baseball team. Sketch needs to be subversive. Yeah, and going back to what a sketch says. That's the moral of the story. Fuck your basketball team. Fuck charity. Team. Fuck basketball. Yeah. Charity. Yeah. Fuck basketball teams. That's the moral of this podcast, really. Yeah, yeah. it really yeah. is. Write more people. Don't. Oh do man, sports. you better remember that because we're going to ask you about that in a second. 
Yeah. Well, thank you, Carrie. Yeah, thank you so much. For doing thank this. you for inviting um, me. Do you want to plug uh, Karate Karate? Yes. Oh, I don't even know when our shows are anymore. We just got renewed and we have a different schedule. Karate Karate, I think we're going to be the third Wednesdays at 8.30 p.m. at UCB. Sunset. And we're paired at UCB Sunset. Sunset. Yep. And we're also paired with Patrick McDonald's team. I think they're called Old Flame. So you can see oh. two stars from Fish Out of Water. Boom. One night. Yeah. March 22nd, baby, 8.30 p.m., UCB Sunset. Great. Yeah, great. Um, we don't have a tagline for our show. Can you uh, give us a good tagline for Fish Out of Water? A good tagline for fish out of water. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you just dig past the aquifer, you hit the <laughs> sand, and there you have it. Fish out of water. Perfect. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. This has been a Boardwalk Audio podcast. For more information and shows, visit BoardwalkAudio.com. Don't forget to rate and subscribe now.